everyone. Today I was able to sit down with one of the most radiant people I know. Her name is Emily Spenlove. So I served a mission in the Utah Salt Lake City Mission and President and Sister Spenlove were my mission presidents, which basically means that they were in charge of missionaries for three and a half years and they had to take care of us and they had to lead us and basically they were like super parents for the time that I was there and they were super parents for like 500 plus missionaries just because of the way we rotate in and out and Emily is their daughter and I got to know her pretty well on the mission and I've gotten to know her even better since coming home and I really hope that you guys pay attention to what she shares regarding um, mental health and the stigmas that we have and how to kind of break down those walls. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, so here we go. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm using this introduction because of the sweet girl that I am interviewing today. Her name is Emily Spendlove. Emily, you can introduce yourself. Hello. So she said y'all because I'm from Texas. <laughs> And I, I didn't even think it was weird until you started mentioning it. I was like, oh, yeah, people don't say that. But, yeah, I'm super pumped. Yeah. Um, so do you want to just, like, share, like, where you're from, what you're studying? Yeah. So I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I know Caitlin from uh, my parents' mission. They're mission president and wife of the Utah Salt Lake City Mission. And she was one of the babe sisters we had. <laughs> so I'm super pumped. Um, and... I study public health, just like Caitlin, so we yeah. get to hang out all the time, which is super fun. Um, and I'm also doing nonprofit management for mine. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so just some other introductory questions. Um, describe yourself in three words. Oh, okay. Buoyant. Um, bright. And real. Okay. Those are kind of like... I don't know. <laughs> I like uh-huh. Um, do you have any statements or life mottos or mantras that you live by? Um, I always joke that on my tombstone, it's just going to be, it's fine. Because <laughs> it's like literally all I say, like, it's fine. But I've been trying, I love the motto, life is good. Um, because no matter what's going on, like, life, life is okay. You know, like, even if it's crazy. Um, and I just like the word joyful. That's been like my word for the last like year and a half or so. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like those. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are all so cute. <laughs> um, I guess to start off, do you just want to share your story of your mission experience and leading up to it and coming home from it? Yeah. Um, so it's, so I served in Washington DC North Mission. I left in July of 2017. Um, and, I went to the MTC. I loved the MTC. Everything was super great. And I was so ready to go out into the field. Um, and then my first night in the field, I was sitting in my apartment. I had a trainer and another companion. We were in a trio. And my heart did this crazy, like, flutter thing. I was like, oh, that's, like, weird. Um, but I kind of didn't think about it too much. And then it would start to happen more and more. And it would scare me. Um because obviously like, anything that goes on with your heart is like sketchy and scary. Um, and then one day, um, like we biked to a member's house to do some service and like 
it had been like an hour after we biked and my heart rate was still like at 120 and like it just would not go down and so my companions kind of started freaking out and we like started driving to the hospital or trying to call our mission president's wife and she answered and um she we took my heart rate and it was like 120 and she's like you know what sister love, I think that you're having a panic attack and I just like broke down and I just like start crying, crying, crying. And that began like the beginning of of months and months of like basically daily panic attacks. Um, where my heart rate would flutter and I would just start to feel super sick and nervous. Um, and so it got to the point where I couldn't like, I couldn't even sit in a lesson. I had to excuse myself to go to the bathroom and then I would lie on the bathroom floor with my feet up on the toilet to try to get like some blood back to my head. And I cannot tell you how many, how many freaking gross bathroom floors I laid on. It was like Cafe Rio and like just the most random, like, you know, like a McDonald's and just so much gross conditions. But I just wanted to go back out and teach, but I was freaking out too much. And, um, you know, I worked with a counselor and things looked like they were going pretty okay. Um, and I got transferred to a companion who was out on her mission for seven months and she still was like deathly homesick. And my being sick scared her and, you know, made her more wary of like her situation of like not super wanting to be there either. Um, and then I, I had some, um, just like a series of bad like psychiatrist interactions and just like bad like just mission things you know right in a row and so like that last week right before um I decided to come home um was just really bad like I couldn't eat and I would only sleep about like two hours um and like I like, couldn't drink water like I just want to throw it up and it just was like getting really bad um and so, but I didn't want to go home. I, I like didn't want to be one of those people that went home. Um, especially because with my parents being mission presidents, like I only ever really heard of like the really bad reasons why people went home. I never heard of like the very acceptable before the Lord reasons to go home. Um, and my family, like we've had a history of mental health and I always felt like I was kind of like more on like the okay side as far as dealing with that kind of stuff. And so, just was like a big pride thing um, and just like not being able to accept that it was as big of a problem as it was. Um, but through like lots and lots of prayer and tears and some really sweet experiences, um, Heavenly Father helped me see that like I was allowed to be healthy and that I was allowed to go home to get healthy. Um, and that I had you know, given him an acceptable offer. And so I served for about four months. I came home November 11th, so July to November. Um, and, yeah, I've been home for a little bit over a year now and doing good. But I bet we'll talk about that more, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, Before your mission, did you ever have any, any panic attacks or any signs that, like, told you that you had anxiety beforehand or was it completely manifested on the mission? Um, so I had never like had, especially anxiety. I'd like, 
gone through phases where I'd like go see a counselor just to kind of talk about, you know, kind of teenage angst type stuff. Mm -hmm. But the reason why the heart palpitations didn't scare me a hundred percent right away was because, um, I had something really similar, like two times, um, my senior year of high school, like near the beginning. Um, and now looking back, like they probably were like very minute panic attacks Mm -hmm. of like going to a new school, like my senior year, I had never moved before and all this stuff. I'm just kind of build up, build up, build up. And then in the morning when I was kind of vulnerable, I'd have little heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. And I remember my, I talked to my mom about it and she said, okay, well, like, pay attention to how it feels next time. Cause they're like hard to like explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then they never happened again. So it's like, okay. And then I never, ever, ever felt that until, um, my first day in the field, but I did do a pre-mission assessment. Um, because I do have a history of depression in my family. Um, and because like, you know, I, I seen a counselor pretty regularly for about like six months. And so they're like, you know, it'd be good just to like really look and mm-hmm. see. And it, it turned out okay. You know, like it wasn't like flying colors, but they're like, you should, you should be fine to serve anywhere, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, I never really had a problem with that. I used to be on the track team and I used to do a lot of like workout type things like every single day. And I think that that really helped me release Mm -hmm. my anxiety or like the anxiety I felt I tied to like performance anxiety, Mm -hmm. you know, not just like generalized anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing like super red flag ish, you know? No, that makes sense. Um, and then coming home, how was that experience of like, because I know in the church, there's mm-hmm. the connotation that if you come home early from your mission, you did something wrong, or even if it was like mental health, like you weren't strong enough to serve. Mm-hmm. How was it coming home and combating those like silent comments or stereotypes against you? And like, how was it with your parents and everything? Yeah. So I was really blessed because my parents had like dealt with that. You yeah. know, they had uh, yeah. plenty of missionaries and they, and you know, I have a brother that, that struggles with that quite a bit. Um, and so they, you know, they were really great. It was hard because they were still mission presidents. And so I know some days, like, we'd have transfers at the house and the missionaries would all be there and I'd get overwhelmed. And I'd just, like, be in my room, like, just freaking out. And my mom would try to be with me, but my dad would come and go, I'm sorry, but, like, we need to just, like, keep going. We need to, you know, we have missions out there. And so that that was probably like, the most difficult part was, like, I felt like any time that they were helping me, it was detracting from their being able to help their missionaries. Mm-hmm. But they were great. You know, they were fantastic and wonderful. Um, and me and my mom would go on walks in the morning and just kind of talk about everything. And um, My mom especially was just so wonderful. Um, I, like, had a really hard time sleeping at night. And I, I came home... Um, and I actually wore a heart monitor for three weeks to make sure that, like, nothing was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of scared me, um, cause I had a log every time that I felt something. And so I kind of was hypersensitive of mm-hmm. it. Um, but my mom, like, there's so many nights where she would just, like, I'd just go into your bed and she just would, like, just, like, hold me while I was having it, like, into, till I literally, like, anxiety attacked myself to sleep, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but as far as other people, it was actually, like, really beautiful and amazing to me how kind people were. 
Um, I went to church. So I came home on a Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, I came home on a Saturday. And so I went to church that next morning. And no one really knew. My mom had texted some of her close friends in the ward, but no one really knew. And um, my bishop was so kind to me, and he just, like, hugged me and just welcomed me home. And, you know, for the most part, I was just amazed at how kind everyone was. Um, but I decided I didn't want people to, like, just develop their own ideas from hearsay. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I really wanted to be open with people and just tell them, you know, and not be like, oh, I got sick, you know. But just say, like, oh, yeah, like, I, I actually had to come home because I, I was really anxious and really depressed, you know. Um, and for the most part, people have just been so kind and willing to, like, listen. And, of course, there's always some, like, I don't know. I, I've never felt any, like, malicious intent. Mm-hmm. But I felt, like, ignorance, you know, mm-hmm. like, or just, you know. I I had a, a coworker who we were like introducing ourselves like it was his first day and I he, he had just come home from his mission and I was like how's it been you know and he's like it's been pretty okay he's like I've just been kind of on my own because like a ton of my MTC district was just like wusses and I was like wuss like what do you mean he's like well they all had to like come home early because they like got like super like sad or whatever and he's like. So I've, like, been on the, I've been, like, experiencing, like, being home by myself because they all were, like, pansies and, like, you know, like, tapped out. And he's, like, did you serve a mission? Oh, my God. And I was, like, yeah, I did. And I, like, totally came home early because I was really depressed and anxious. And he was, like, oh. Uh, and I felt so bad because it was one of those things where I didn't, I didn't take it very personally because I was, you know, I'm, I was fine. I am fine and, like, I'm confident enough and my experience that it doesn't hurt my feelings when people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But it was just funny. He was trying so hard to like backpedal. He's like, well, where did you serve? And I was like, Washington, D.C. He's like, oh, well, if I served in Washington, D.C., I would have wanted to come home too. And I'm like, uh, just stop, homie. Like, I know you're trying and I'm not going to hold it against you. But, you know, and I was like, where did you serve? He's like, oh, Mozambique. I'm like, okay. Like, you can just, uh, just, you know, like, so, you know, but it's just been, it's just, it's been amazing to see like how I haven't really felt that. And when I have, um, I just have really felt like a confidence, like from the Lord that like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, like you know, like well, no matter what they say, like, you know how I feel yeah. about you. And like, so it doesn't matter. And really it doesn't matter to me. I can hardly remember experiences other than that one. Yeah. It's just funny. We're <laughs> homies, you know? And so it's just whatever, but no, yeah, I think it's definitely important in the end that, you know, it's just between you and, and the Lord and, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. Yeah. But it still doesn't make the situations easier when there are people that don't know or don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, since coming home, have you still struggled with like depression and anxiety or? Yeah. Um, when I first came home, it was really, really hard. Like, like I was mentioning before, I kind of like had time to feel it all instead of just like trying to like suppress it with, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so, with yeah, with busyness of the mission. Um, but then I, I decided I didn't want to sit in it too long. I just wanted to get out and start living life again. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what was really the hardest for me was the fear that like I wasn't able to like go to school mm-hmm. and like, that you know, this was going to hold a, you back for the rest of your life. Yeah, or, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I was so afraid, like, I would never, like, be good enough to date or, like, be capable of being a mom, you know. And so 
I was just like, you know what? I can go to school. Like, I don't know what feels right, but I know that sitting doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we looked at the idea of a service mission, but I just needed some time away from that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I came back to Provo and I took like nine credits, I think. And I was so blessed to move into an apartment where I had another girl who had come home early from her mission, and that was her first semester back, too. Okay. Then another girl who was dealing with depression for the first time, and another girl who had, like, all but one of us were on medication mm-hmm. for mental health. Oh, wow. And so it was, like, this really – and I was a little bit worried that it was going to be this kind of, like, commiserating, like – you know, pit of just like, oh, whatever, our lives suck. But it was like so sweet. And it was seriously such a blessing. Those girls are such a blessing to me because they really like, it was a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. And there were some days like where I was really anxious and always one of them was home and we just hold each other like while we were just having our time. And so I know, I know that that was heaven sent. Um, and, um, you know, it goes through waves. I feel like, you know, we all experience some form of anxiety when new beginnings start. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I noticed that mine is more intense than other people's, mm-hmm. you know, like, because it's, it is, you yeah. know, and, um, so like last semester I tried to take, uh, like 15 credits, which was the most credits I'd ever taken. Mm-hmm. And even um, before your mission, mm-hmm, even okay. before mission. And, I just, I was starting to, like, not, I, st- I felt, I was slipping back into that place where I just mm-hmm. kind of felt outside of myself in the sense of, like, I wasn't in control of how I felt all the time. Not that you have to be, but I just felt, you know what I'm saying, like, just yeah. not as, like, a much of an agent to, like, my own emotion, my mm-hmm. own emotions. So I, like, withdrew from one of the classes and just tried to, like, take it slow and so this semester I'm taking 14 and it's like the most I've ever taken and so I know that I need to be on top of my medication like I still take medication for my anxiety I like halved my dose since like being home Mm -hmm. um but I just take it to help me like climb the mountain yeah you know no and I think that it's so wonderful, the modern technologies that we live in today and mm-hmm. the opportunities and advancements that we have. And like, I am a firm believer that we should take oppor- like take full advantage of these opportunities and use them to help us climb the mountains of like every day. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, people have, like, depression and anxiety have always been around. And unfortunately for people that lived in, like, Christ's time or beforehand, like, they didn't have medications and mm-hmm. then they were ostracized and stuff. But today I think it's really wonderful that we have those opportunities yeah and something I always share with some with people if they are like considering medication but are kind of afraid because I was afraid of medication for a really long time um just because I didn't I like didn't want to depend on medicine to be happy Mm -hmm. you know um and something that my counselor said was like Emily like a lot of people take medication because they see well Okay, so, like, medication is like this. So they see, like, this big mountain of whatever, like, depression or anxiety in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they can climb it and they can do it. Like, you could you could just do this without it. He's like, but it is exhausting. And so medication isn't meant to, like, 
<laughs> like be a ski lift up the mountain. Like it's not going to just carry you up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And where you get into problems is when people expect that because then they just like, well, this isn't enough or this isn't working. And then medication is really negative experience for them. But he said, you know, medication is like, you know, like walking poles mm-hmm. and like, you know, like trail mix and like proper sleep and hydration, you know, like the things that make climbing the mountain easier. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've felt that so much because I don't doubt that like I could, but it doesn't mean that I should, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I have no doubt that I could just like not do medication, but to me there's so much life to be lived and like medication it's such a blessing because it allows me to like be doing other things instead of just always focusing on like yeah. that mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. What other things have you done to help you, like in addition to medication? Mm-hmm. So um, when it was really really bad, uh, like the first couple months I came home from my mission, I do this technique called grounding. Um, it's pretty common, but you just do something that brings your mind back to your body instead of like. Oh my gosh, am I ever gonna be a mom? Like, I'm just failing everything, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, so something I would do is I just like turn on really hot water and just like run my hands under the water and just kind of like take a minute to just like regroup and be like, okay, no, I'm here right now. And like, this water feels really hot and it feels really nice on my hands. And like, I'm here and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done that in a while just because I like haven't needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things that I, I do all the time. Um, one is like controlled breathing, but with like a word. So like joyful that I mentioned earlier, um, that's like my word for controlled breathing. So I like inhale really like deeply. And then as I exhale, I say joyful really slow. So it's like joyful. And I do that probably like two or three times. Okay. And that helps when my I feel like my heart rate's getting fast or when I'm just, you know, whatever. And it's kind of cheesy, but I, I do it when I, at night. Like if I can't sleep, I just – just a way to like calm your body and your mind. Yeah. And it's to the point – it's kind of like that classic conditioning that we like learn about in psychology to the point where if I say like joyful – like, it just helps me feel that, like, peace mm-hmm. that I have trained my body to feel like mm-hmm. when you just breathe slowly. It brings you back to those moments. Yeah. Um, so I really, I love that. And the other thing is, like, talking to yourself. Like, you were, like, a toddler, like, learning to walk. Mm-hmm. Just, like, so proud of everything. Um, and I do it all the time in the car because that's, like, usually the only time that you can be alone, like, yeah. as a college student. Because if, you know, I was in my room and saying this stuff, my roommates might be really concerned. But <laughs> usually, like, you know, if something happens, like, okay, okay, like, we were late. We're going to be late to this thing. But you know what? That's okay. It's okay. Like, look, like, you ate this morning. Like, you ate breakfast. And that's so good. Like, remember when you couldn't eat? Like, you can eat now. And, like, you're driving this car. And, like, you're feeling okay. And you really enjoyed that song you just listened to. And, like... Like, recognizing the little victories that your mind and your body are having over, like, your different trials Mm -hmm. is just really helpful. And I always feel like it, like, invites the spirit into my life, too, because 
he tries to do that same thing. Um, he tries to show us how well we're doing. Um, but sometimes it's hard to listen and sometimes it's hard to hear over like all the stuff going on in your heart and in your mind when mm-hmm. you deal with a mental health issue. Um, and so it's just really sweet to like take that minute and just almost like, it's almost kind of like praying out loud and just like the both the, the two of you like recognizing what it is that you did successfully, yeah. you know? No, I, I love that mm-hmm. because so I've also dealt with like anxiety and depression and something that one of my counselors said to me when I was on my mission was that there's a difference between mindful and mindful. So like your mind is full of like a lot of things. And it was an image of like a person and a dog walking mm-hmm. and like this little park. And in the person's brain, they were thinking about like music and like all like their bubble was full. Mm-hmm. And then in the dog's brain, it was the picture of the park. Mm-hmm. And so like mm-hmm. the person was mindful, but the dog was mindful. Mm-hmm. I like more, that. Yeah, yeah like, it yeah, makes yeah. more sense when you have like the actual no, no, but... you see the different spellings of the mindful. Uh-huh. But what like in those moments, like we just need to focus on like the now, and like we can't worry about being a mom when we're not even dating anyone. Or yeah, exactly, exactly. Being pregnant, let alone like having a child, and so like yeah. I think your forms of like meditation are really cool, and I really like that. But they kind of just bring you back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that the mindful. I really do. I think, you know, like a tendency of people with anxiety, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, like people without anxiety have it too, but we're just always thinking like 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And it can be good, right? Yeah. But something I've really tried to do, like, is if, I, if I'm like holding hands with a boy, like instead of being like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to get home late, or like, oh my gosh, like what is everyone going to think? Are we going to date? Are we going to get married? Are we gonna, like, <laughs> and just like, just like sit there and be like, I'm holding his hand. And like, his thumb's kind of rough, but like, the top of his hands really soft. Like, <laughs> you know, like I wonder yeah. what he thinks about me. You know, and just like really enjoy just like being in that moment together. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, and not letting it be crowded out by other things that usually can fill our minds so easily. So I like that a ton. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah well, I'm glad we can uh, share things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to compare notes for yeah. real. Honestly, though. Okay, to ask just like a few uh, service level level things. Um, what are some things in your life that like make you happy? Mm. I really like drives mm-hmm. up the canyon. Sometimes I just like do one on my own. Um, and I love listening to music. I've been really into Queen because of the freaking movie. It's so fun. It's just so, like, uplifting and fun. Um, I love cooking, especially for other people. I love making awesome. food for other people. That's, like, something really recent, too. But I love making food for other people. Um, I like cuddling. And I like painting and observing the arts and I love just, like, little connections with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I love being able to just go into a room and just sit next to someone and just talk to them. And, like, if they, like, smile at some point in our conversation, like, like really smile, I that's, like, my favorite thing in the universe. Like, and so I think that's why I talk so much is because I'm like, how's your day? I really want – I, like, really want to know because it, like, makes me feel happy, yeah. you know? But – and I like Oreos. <laughs> double stuffed or regular? Oh, double stuffed. I It's like double stuff is regular to me. You know, like if I ever have a regular or I'm like, what happened? You know, like 
I know. Them, I too. Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. But yeah, awesome. That I like good. asking that question to people because I like to see like the small things that make people happy because it's so different uh-huh. for everybody. But they're also like great things. Mm-hmm. I love that question. I love that. Yeah. Um. So. Hmm. <laughs> I have like so many questions, but I feel like we've already asked. And talked about so many wonderful topics. I'm like, I don't even need to ask these questions. <laughs> um, okay. I guess here's a question. If someone were to think why is it important to actively choose happiness, what would you say to them? Hmm. I think that's a good question. And I've I've thought about that quite a bit. Um but I like haven't really verbalized it, mm-hmm. you know, a ton. Um I used the word buoyant in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a word that my mom used to describe me. And it's one of, like, the kindest things anyone's ever said to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because no matter how buried you get in the waves of everything, you're always, like, pushing upwards. Even if, like, you don't get above the surface, like, you're always, like, pushing upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am a huge believer and lover of the principle of agency um and to me it's like the most comforting principle ever because it's like if you want something good like you can seriously have it and like you can choose to have it Mm -hmm. and there's not some like thing that's going to prevent you from the really good righteous you know christ-centered things that you want um and so with joy and choosing joy, it's one of those things where, like, we get to make that decision for ourselves every day. And we don't have to ask, we don't have to wonder, like, oh, man, is today going to be a good day or a bad day? Because God made us in a way that we don't have to be acted upon by our surroundings. We can act for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's not to say that feeling not positive emotions is bad because I um, I love the scope of emotions that we've been given because it's very healthy to let yourself feel things too. But hope is an action, as is faith. And if we don't if we don't allow hope and we don't allow faith and love and joy in our lives then we're really not letting Christ in because that's just exactly what Christ is. Mm-hmm. Christ is all those things. And we, I, I know that we are created to have joy. And the moments that we aren't feeling joyful, we need to look at, okay, well, what can I learn from this that will lead to joy? Mm-hmm. Because that is the end of our creation is eternal happiness and joy. If we choose that path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like comforting to me because living with anxiety and living with depression, sometimes you can't prevent those moments when you, everything just kind of boils over or, you know, just kind of comes crashing down on you. But you know that, to, that you can choose to like come up for air mm-hmm. eventually, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that you can choose to like keep going and you can choose to keep doing what's best for yourself and that there's nothing like perpetually weighing you down. It's only like 
things to be learned from, and that's like really happy to be. I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just have like two last questions. Yeah. Um, how do you define happiness? Hmm. Happiness just feels like brightness, but like a like a warm light, not like a fluorescent brightness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and happiness is just that moment, like when you like the essence of happiness. This isn't. I don't only feel happy when I feel like this, of course. But to me, the essence of happiness is when you're just in a moment and the world just is kind of still and you're just smiling. And it's just a perpetuating goodness that fills our lives because it's full of light and it's full of the light of Christ. And, you know, happiness is... Is really just peace um, and the comfort that life is good. You know? yeah. I love that. Not for not a fluorescent light, mm-hmm. but a warm light. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, do you just have any like words of advice or encouragements or anything for those that may be struggling with mental health and or any other hard trial in their life? Mm-hmm. I believe in being open with the things that make life hard um, because the more that you talk about it, the less power it has over you. And the more you talk about it and put how you feel into words, the less of like this looming cloud it becomes. And it just kind of becomes like a thing, like a thing on the table. Like, oh, there it is again. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck because mm-hmm. it can totally suck. But find... I I know that the Lord puts people in our lives, and especially if we're going through something like mental health, uh, a season of mental health struggles, the Lord provides us with people. And if you can't think of that person, then pray to him, and he he will provide someone for you. And don't be afraid. Tell them everything. Tell them how it feels to wake up and be full of black ink. Or, like, tell them how it feels, how life feels like when you are walking down the stairs in the dark and you, like, miss a step. That's, like, what anxiety feels like to me. <laughs> it's just that perpetual, like, yeah. falling feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, and just trust people. And trust yourself that you are strong and that you will have a joyful life and you will have a good life and you are having a good life right now because we're blessed enough to be trusted with something as difficult as mental health and the fact that the Lord trusts us to give us such a difficult trial um, there's lots of room for growth in our relationship with him and so yeah just talk talk it out and you're doing wonderful. And never forget that God knows you and he knows your heart and he sees you trying. And that's all he asks is that we keep trying. Thank you. And just thank you so much again for sitting down with me and taking time to share your experiences.
Yeah, well, thank you. I This is a wonderful thing. This is a wonderful um, subject to be talking about, you know, your whole podcast. It's just so important, and I just appreciate having an opportunity to share some of the things that, like, Heavenly Father has let me understand. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Uh, thank you. It. You're the best. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you – can maybe adapt some of the recommendations that Emily gave. And yeah, I sometimes have no idea what to say at the end of these things, but that's okay. Have a great week, everyone. Much love. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by no one. Don't have any sponsors. (laughs) Probably will never get a sponsor. Okay. Have a good week, guys. See you next week. See ya. Bye.